This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots and Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Sasaif and Kate Andrews. And today, Rishi Sunak has unveiled a new package of measures when it comes to the cost of living crisis. Kate, to get us started, can you just run through the main thrust of this? Yeah, so there were some big announcements, and there were a lot of them. The headlines include the Chancellor's doubling the energy bills discount that he originally announced in February. That support package is going from £200 to £400 for every household. And he's also scrapped the loans aspect of that. So the idea is that you would get the discount off your energy bills this year, and then you would pay that back in relatively small installments, about £40 over the next few years each year. He's scrapped that completely, and that's just going to be a grant, so nobody's paying that back. And then on top of that, there are some big one-off direct payments that are going to be made to the most vulnerable. So that's 8 million households in the UK that are on the lowest incomes who have the state supporting something related to their cost of living. They're getting a one-off payment of £650. Pensioners through the winter fuel allowance are going to get a one-off £300 payment. And individuals on disability benefits are getting a £150 one-off payment. So if you are a recipient of the biggest sums there, you're looking at an additional £1,200 given to you this year to help deal with inflation and price hikes, which is basically offsetting the energy price hikes that we are expecting to see as the price cap lifts. These are huge sums of money. All of his support packages together total an additional £15 billion worth of spending. It's not all costed. Part of it's going to be funded by a windfall tax, which the Tory government pushed back on for many months, and it's now going to do that tax on oil and gas companies. I have thoughts on that. James does too. James can go first. They've done something particularly innovative or they've invested hugely. They are making these profits essentially because Vladimir Putin decided to invade Ukraine and that has pushed up energy prices, particularly in in Europe. The second reason why I think this is uh, legitimate is that the the oil and gas sector is a sector which has lots of government intervention. There was, in the last decade, there there was a kind of big package put together to try and support the North Sea when the North Sea was increasingly looking uneconomic because global energy prices had fallen. And so I think if you're in an industry which has that kind of relationship with government and you are suddenly making huge profits, not because of anything that you've done, but because of a the broader international context, then I think some tax on those profits is a a legitimate form of government uh, response to the situation. Kate? Well, I think this tax grab is possibly going to be a nail in the coffin for a Tory party that has been hiking taxes for the past two years, both on individuals and business. We can come back to the politics, but a windfall tax in and of itself is is basically compromising on the idea that your money as an individual or business is actually your own. The government can just come along and take it anytime. If, to James's point, they think the circumstances in which you have received that money is somehow not legitimate based on very subjective opinions, I suppose, that politicians around the table making these decisions hold. I just think it opens Pandora's box. I mean, why not go after the supermarkets? Why not go after the streaming services that did well in lockdown? And most crucially, for a Tory party that's been in power for 
12 years now. What happens, which will inevitably happen when they're not there anymore, and uh, you have potentially a labor government or labor coalition, which has now been made to feel more legitimate in its decision to, to go for one-off and surprising tax grabs to decide because times are tough, you're just going to go take other people's money. I, and I, I think if we just step back a little bit and, and think about the, the politics of this, Rishi Sunak has repeatedly said that he wants to cut tax and he has made some maneuvers when it comes to the universal credit taper and, and lifting a lot of people out of out of paying parts of national insurance. But he is also a chancellor that is hiking corporation tax, bringing in a windfall tax, who froze the personal allowance threshold, who created a new national insurance levy. I think it's becoming increasingly difficult for him to say that he is a low tax kind of guy. I, I believe that he wants to cut taxes and he may even cut more taxes in the future. But I think that this is a real sticking point for him. As he said, he wants to cut taxes many a time. And um, Katie, I think you reported after his his budget last October, he told Tory MPs after the NI hike, every marginal pound he gets, he wants to contribute to tax hikes, not more spending. And yet all we get are more tax hikes. James, if you're looking at the comments Kate just mentioned, there was a, a time before the war in Ukraine and rising inflation. So do you think Rishi Sunak and the Treasury have started to see things differently since that speech? Or is this perhaps just a bump in the road? I think it is quite clear when you look at the current situation that, that households were going to need help, given how much energy bills were going up by. The energy price gap is going to go up in October by more than it went up by in April. And I think if you had done nothing to offset that, that wouldn't just have led to lots of families not being able to pay their energy bills. I think it would have been recessionary because you would have taken so much demand out of the economy. And so I think the government did need to do something to help people with the cost of living. And they had to find a way to do that. I think that, you know, this windfall tax doesn't fully fund that, but it goes some way towards funding that. And it does... It funds it, about a third of it. Uh, yeah, and it raises a serious amount of money. It raises roughly twice as much as what Labour's proposed windfall tax would raise. I, I think... So does the, that mean it goes further than Labour? Yeah, it, it does. Uh, now, they would argue yes, it that it goes further than Labour... But it has this, unlike Labour, it has this investment allowance built into it, which was so basically if companies were to be investing in trying to get more oil and, and gas out of the North Sea, then they would they would they would not be as badly hit by this tax. But it is it is a serious windfall tax. This is this is not I mean the, the political calculation is if you are going to go against centralized economic orthodoxy in this way, it's gotta be worth it. So it so it is a seriously it is a serious windfall tax. If you're going to reject the market economy, do it hard. Yeah, go far. Uh, really quickly, James, on that though, I mean, I think the elephant in the room here is that tax hikes are not the only way to find that money. You could cut spending and you could use that money to uh, redistribute to the lowest income households. You could cut taxes. The elephant in the room is that we have a prime minister who is not interested in certainly not interested in cutting spending, really won't even consider a single spending cut. They don't feel like they're in a position yet to cut taxes, but there are other ways to go about this. And I think that is what is so grating about it, is that we are in a position where the Tory party is acting as though the only lever it has to pull is yet another tax hike. And the chancellor can say, you know, I don't know if he would say this, he probably wouldn't do so and go against the prime minister so fragrantly, but he, you know, he could claim, you know, I don't want to do this, but I have a prime minister who won't cut spending. But, you know, at some point, you can't just keep going along with this stuff. 
James, how is it landing when it comes to Tory MPs? I, I think that Tory MPs, there are, there are definitely some Tory MPs who are very vocally against a windfall tax. Richard Drack said it was kind of throwing red meat to socialists. Um, nice. Then, but I think there are a lot of Tory MPs in the kind of quieter parts of the party who essentially think they were getting kicked from pillar to post by Labour, who said, who basically suggested that their windfall tax would solve every single problem. And these people, their greatest priority was to be able to say, look, we are doing something to help people with the cost of living, and particularly you know, those people on the lowest incomes. And if this is how you're going to do that, they are prepared to essentially accept that. I think the Scottish Tories will have a particular issue with it because obviously where the jobs associated with the North Sea are concentrated in the northeast of Scotland. But I think, I think your, your kind of average Tory, not to make it sound like a debate about ship money, but your average Tory for an inland seat is, is relatively, I think, content with this. I think it's not... It's, I think they can see the politics of it and they can see that they are getting enough bang for their buck here in terms of what they are doing and what they are able to offer people in terms of help. Because the help is both universal with the £400 and then basically for everyone on means-tested welfare, the government is essentially picking up the increase in, in energy costs. Was that an admission, James, that this tax is going to deter investment and hurt job growth for what, the industries? What, the, the Scottish Tories will be particularly sure of it? Yeah. I, because because of where their seats are and, as you said, where the jobs are going to be most impacted? I think because people who work in the North Sea are there, that was where people will be most concerned about what effect it could have. I don't think it necessarily will have a huge effect on investment. I think that the, I think that because I think that, you know, if you look at where energy prices are, and I think structurally, we have entered into an era of high gas, high natural gas prices for two reasons. Not only the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but the fact that as China attempts to move from coal to gas, that is going to increase demand for gas around the world. I think in those circumstances, essentially, gas fields are going to get developed because they are going to yield such revenues that people are going to be prepared to do that even with this kind of tax regime in place and Kate just on that very briefly I mean you've had a situation where bosses of these companies have literally given interviews saying that a windfall tax is not going to deter their investment plans and that clearly is one of the factors in the Chancellor coming to this decision and changing his mind after previously organizing it so it does work against a bit the idea that it's going to have have that effect no well, we'll see. We'll genuinely find out. Uh, you have had energy bosses going on the Today program making suggestions that, you know, the Chancellor needs to do more. And so it's not terribly surprising that the Chancellor said, OK, then um, I'm going to take some more money. And also effectively, in one case, saying that they wouldn't it wouldn't change their investment plans. No? But but let's see what actually happens. I think it's easy to go on the Today program when everybody is hating on your companies, feeling like they have, quote, excess profits and saying really socially positive stuff. It's quite another over the next five to 10 years where these international huge companies for, uh, you know, the the chief executive in the UK uh, for one of these energy companies, you know, they do have bosses above them. They do have shareholders and all the rest of it. Let's see in the next five to 10 years if the if the implementation of a windfall tax really has no effect about where these companies decide to invest. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening.